You're about to listen to episode 66 of Women Who Kill. This is Kai. Hey, if you like the show so far, don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. Helps a lot. Helps new people find the show. The more people find the show, the longer I can keep doing this. And uh, as you know, this is this is pretty much all I'm doing, you guys. Some people are doing stand-up. Some people are doing stand-up again. They're doing outdoor shows, parking lot shows. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the, the performing in a parking lot. Uh, I have learned about myself that I am not the type of comedian that's going to die if I can't perform on a stage uh very soon i'm i'm pretty much i'm kind of fine with where i'm at right now uh if stages become a thing inside safely soon i'll do it but uh i am not the kind of uh, self-destructive comedian who uh, wants to die for your laughter so <laughs> i uh, i like your approval i think it's it's fun it's nice but um i, I could live without it uh, if that i don't know i feel like that makes me a bad comedian but uh, i guess i can live with that uh, either way, leave a rating, leave a review. And if you want to send me an email, you could do that at wwkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to support with your dollars, you can do that at patreon.com slash kaichoice. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash k-a-i-c-h-o-y-c-e. Uh, you get uh, access to bonus content. I send out free stuff once in a while. I used to have the archives of the show there, but now every episode is available on Apple Podcasts because I want to make things easier for you guys during the pandemic. So uh, our guest today, very funny writer and director, Jonathan Andre Culleton. Hi. Hi, Kai. Hey. It's really nice to hear that you're a stand-up that doesn't need to do stand-up anymore. I love that. I'm like a huge fan of that. Yeah, there's so many people who are like, <laughs> I feel like I want to kill myself because I can't get on a stage. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a that's a lot. I'm I'm glad I'm I'm good at like I'm not good enough at other things that there are other things that I also would like die if I couldn't do them. There are far more important things in this world to die for. I think we're going to find out about some of those things to die for in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Luis Pete. Is it Pete? Is it Petey? I don't know. It's Pete. I'm pretty sure. I mean, as a as a like Anglo-Saxon person, I'm going to come in and say it's Pete. Okay. Uh, but I also want to just make sure everybody understands that her full name is Lofi Louise. Oh yeah, it was Lofi. What the f- what, what the fuck kind of a name is Lofi? Well, actually, Kai. I looked it up because I was trying to find out if like L-O-F-I-E meant anything. Yeah. L-O-F-I means wolf. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if she's going to align with her Zodiac, but she definitely aligns with her name. Well, she was born on September 20th, uh, 1880, which makes her a Virgo. Yeah, I didn't find her to be a classic Virgo, though. Right, because uh, a lot the classic Virgo traits are are nice yeah well they're loyal which definitely not kind what analytical i found no it seemed like she did everything off the cuff well she was very creative though (laughs) it said weakness is shyness definitely not her whole thing is predicated on this massive amount of charm that she supposedly had oh yeah she's a performer yeah yeah, I don't see this her being a Virgo at all, but as many of your guests have pointed out, the rising sign would be really helpful, but because this lady was born in 1880 and because her like even her birth year I found disputed. Like I found it reported 87, oh, really? 90. Yeah, I huh. think 
in in a 1912 census census it was reported as 1887 but i mean i don't want to sound like really sexist here but that could have been a woman shaving off a few years from her age for the census i'm not really sure oh yeah that's possible i mean she was she was given to fabricating absolutely any detail that she possibly could about herself and about her life so but she's reported to be 67 uh, when she died. So that lines up with 1880. So I'm going to go with that she was actually born in 1880. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was, you know what it, was, what it probably was? The census guy was probably like a, a good looking guy. And uh, yeah. she was like, I'm not going to tell this man my age. I'm, I'm going to f- right. figure out what the census money is looking like. Because uh, I mean, every single man was probably a possible con oh, yeah. for her. Lofie Louise, she's born wealthy. Uh huh. She was born in Louisiana, in Bienville. Bienville? Is it Bienville? Bienville? Now, that one I don't know. But How do Southerners be- pronounce that? Bienville? Bienville, Louisiana. She probably had that cotton money or some shit. I don't know. Sure. Um, her, her parents were, um, her dad was a newspaper publisher. Yeah, so, that's crazy. So she was like, because- she could have been a Hearst. <laughs> She could have just floated along like this. Uh-huh. This is a great start for a life in 1880. I mean, you're talking about the Industrial Revolution. This is the time when there's like five-year-olds making stuff on big machines, <laughs> you know, having to buy their own cola uh-huh. as it's the only beverage available to them in the factory. So that's like the life that she was escaping. Hey, on the upside, they, that was when they were still putting cocaine in Coca-Cola, right? I mean, you wanted that cola. Yeah, yeah that's for right. sure. Those, those kids didn't have it that bad. Like, they got to be high at work all day. Yeah, they were working those machines really fast. <laughs> it was like, I mean, what? who else is going to do this job? I, I feel like that was the best sure. job for a child to have. You know, like sure, a child sure. high on cocaine, just like these quick, tiny little fingers. Best person for the job. I'm pretty sure the alternative was starving in the streets. So, <laughs> <laughs> rocking a hard place. <laughs> Uh, so two parents, dad, dad was a newspaper publisher. Mom was, uh, I don't know, a mom, a woman. That was her job. Uh, it was yeah, being married to I a mean, newspaper publisher, I'm guessing. I couldn't even confirm that, that there were two parents. So that's a deep dive I wasn't aware of. But, I'm just assuming uh, because what, what rich, rich man but I, in Louisiana I, in the late 1800s wasn't married. Sure, but I'd be curious to know if her mom passed away at some point because it seems like this lady needs at certain point to be rocked by something. Uh-huh. And everything I found was that she elected to <laughs> be a turd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so she went to private school, got kicked out of private school for uh, for, for being a thieving hoe, basically <laughs> sexual exploits, <laughs> stealing, and quote uh, promiscuity. I mean, and at the time, okay, let's give her a little bit of leeway. That could have been anything, you know? Could have, it could have could been have kissing. Been, it could have been yeah. holding hands. I know that it wasn't. It could have been boys heart. lying. <laughs> it could have been boys lying. Could have been looking at boys. Because they do that. Could have been anything. Yeah. But I'm going to assume that she was indeed a thieving hoe from a young age. For sure. Now, for sure. Uh, 1903, she gets married for the first time. Yeah, Henry Bosley, a traveling salesman who, you know, probably wasn't her, like, she probably had a bunch of uh, exploits and stuff. Oh, yeah, because she was, she was to this. 23, so. 
She and I had I had seen that in between the private school and this point she she did um, do sex work uh-huh. and that that sex work was high class. I read that she was. It said she was going door to door, which <laughs> I suppose her and Henry had something in common then. Um, they were, but it was sub- well, she had something in common with her. Uh, oh yeah, they were both traveling salespeople. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> she was willing to travel for work, and that's probably what they first started talking about. Have you ever but, uh, heard of that before, though? Like a door to door traveling. Uh, well, a, a hoe. Yeah, like I think I think that's a call girl, right? Did they go door to door, like? I think they go to you, and that's part of this. This sounds like I know like, what like I'm talking about. Like selling magazines, <laughs> like no, I think I think it's a thing where they order it. Okay, this is I'm talking out of my ass. Uh, uh, this is a night, turn of the century um, prostitution, high class prostitution. I'm assuming that they got uh, an order for it, and then they dispatched a person. But I don't even know if Louise was like doing this on her own. I, I have no idea, but it, it said that it was high class, which sort of makes sense to me because she definitely had a taste of wealth that she didn't want to give up. Uh-huh. So perhaps. Now, I'm, you know, I'm wondering but, if she lied to her employer about her, um, about where she came from or if she was open about it and they're like, oh, yeah, people are going to love you. <laughs> to like her, her um, pimp yeah, type yeah. person. I mean, I feel like if she, she probably did, she probably was one of those people where a lie just starts coming out uh. like <laughs> as, a, as a default. Uh. But I also think that in this really shady time, uh, there was a chance that they didn't give a shit. And there's a chance that her family probably distanced themselves from her after the ex- expelling, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So I'm just guessing that she didn't have a lot of ties. Nobody probably knew her as this daughter of the newspaper guy. And I couldn't even find that Presslar was like a big newspaper man. So I have no idea. Yeah. Hmm. But she ends up, um, they're traveling through Texas. And Henry discovers her in bed with this oil man. <laughs> and that, to me, now just thinking about that, because everything I read, I bet he was wearing a he discovered- hat. I, I'm five thousand percent. He was wearing a cowboy hat. Spurs but also by the five, bed. They were definitely in their bed because you don't discover your wife fucking somebody in that person's bed. You discover her in her, her, your own bed. Yeah. So I'm just saying that this is this is like purposeful of Louise. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go out and say that like she did this on purpose because as we find out like. This is all how she gets off. So I think that this was the first time that she had somebody obsessed with her and she wanted to hurt them. So, well, it's alleged that he committed suicide after fighting his wife, cheating on him. Two, two days later. I don't believe that. I found. You don't believe it? I think she did it. <laughs> That's well, okay. This is going to be a recurring theme, so we can revisit it as we go through the story, but multiple people come under this category of being driven to suicide by Louise. Right. So I, and I, I'm keeping a count, I have a count on the side of my notes, yeah. and it's kind of wild that the last one, she is not even physically near him. 
So <laughs> I, I, I bought it. I bought that Henry just two days later was like, fuck. So we'll see, Kai, but... I would like to know what what Louise had that other women didn't have because I looked up pictures of her. I was like, let me see if I could find pictures of her when she was very young. And sure. all the pictures I found of her looked the same. She just like she just put on weight as she got older. That was the main difference. And she was never like super super hot. She was never like a fucking like Helen of Troy. Like you could right. understand like men being driven crazy to suicide over over losing her. Like multiple men. Like, eh, I could understand one person being driven to suicide by an average person, but you got to have something, something real special to have multiple people kill themselves over you, unless you're seeking out um, emotionally unstable people. Now, Okay, I, I think that's true, Kai. I think definitely all of these people are emotionally un unstable, but I'm going to say just two things about that. I do think that that wide face is more attractive for that time period. <laughs> I think that heart-shaped face uh -huh. was like a thing. Okay. Um, I do think that, and also... Oh, a little Betty um, Boop? <laughs> yeah, like a little Betty Boop, yeah. Um, I think that that's probably true. And also, she definitely had like a bomb ass pussy. <laughs> like, there's no way uh -huh. that this was not a like top 10 tier WAP. Yeah, she was, I don't know, she must have been reading books, doing Kama Sutra stuff. Now, <laughs> 1911, she moves to, to Bastin. You're from Bastin, right? Bastin. Yeah, yeah. Changes her name to Louise Gold, which is a. Isn't that sure. like a Jewish, isn't that Gould a Jewish name? I think that Gould was also a Hollywood starlet that she liked. She liked Anna Lee too, I believe. Mm -hmm. But there was also a Gould, I think, that was, she was a fan of. Okay. Now, at this point, she's around 30, around 30 years old. Right. And uh, starts telling people that, she starts lying to people saying that she's, she's 19 years old. Yes. Uh, and that she's an heiress <laughs> to something. Right. Which could have been true. <laughs> like, But come on, 19. Like, if you're going to no, lie about no. your age, <laughs> lie, like, I don't know, four or five years. Make it, Not to, make it believable. Yeah, as a white lady, you can't lie by 10 years. <laughs> no, that's true. Especially <laughs> not during this time period. There's no way that was believable. There are already wrinkles. Yeah. Yeah, no, I believe it. Um, but she had to lie. <laughs> so she, she changed out. her, she legally changed her name and then mm -hmm. still lied about her name on top of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like she was I mean, just she lying had, for she fun. Went by, there were a, literally a dozen names that she went by. Yeah. And I do think that she was, I, I'm sure that if we met Louise, she would be the most flippant person. Like, she can't even stick with a name. Like, <laughs> Nothing. She's the kind of person. She, she's where that uh that that meme came from, where you ask someone their name and and they're just like looking around the room and they just pick items in the room. To <laughs> George Glass, <laughs> Mary Callender, <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that might be true. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so she was. She would lie to people and say that she uh was stashed away in a convent somewhere and she had to run away she escaped from the convent that her family put her in and and that was a story she told to rich people to 
convince them to let her live with them. Yeah. And and that kind of reminds me of like <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, but all the bosses that I've had in LA, like all the wealthy bosses uh, who are always letting their friends stay for long periods of time cuz like their house has some crazy work being done on it. Uh-huh. It's just like a kind of rich people to rich people thing of like, well we wouldn't want you to be out in the cold. Yeah. Come in here to our mansion. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. <laughs> So uh, apparently she did this with a few different families, which I don't understand why. I don't why she didn't just stick to one at a time. I don't think she could keep up the lie. Yeah, I don't know. She was just couch surfing (laughs) at multiple mansions during the week. Just kind of she had a nice little rotation going on. Yeah. Uh, So she would she would steal money from people. Apparently, you could just go into stores back in the day and buy something and be like, Ah, you know my friends the Andersons, put it on their tab, (laughs) like right. You didn't even need a card to charge charge something to a family no, account. Like ri- written on pencil. That's crazy. <laughs> she did this enough that she ended up getting caught eventually. And uh, no, this is like prior to 19. This, I believe this is around 1912. Yeah, um, I think that makes sense, too. So that would line up with when she lied about her age. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how that happened then. I'm convinced now. And then we, it has to be 1912 because 1913, I have her meeting Mr. Appel. Yeah. Okay, but before she left Boston, she, she got caught, she got found out, and she was allowed to leave because the people she stole from didn't want anyone to know. They didn't, because it would, it would embarrass their family. Right. So they were like, uh, forget justice. We would rather preserve the family name and not have everyone know that we're fucking idiots who are conned. And uh, you just have to leave Boston and never come back. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. That was the agreement. And to, have to, to have to leave Boston, <laughs> you have to be really fucking bad. I mean, they will let, they didn't kick me out. They just, they let everybody in. So uh. I think that's probably a pretty bad with her. But I didn't hear, I didn't see that part about how she had to leave and how they buried the story. Uh-huh. So this is going to be a couple times where Louise really could have gotten caught mm-hmm. and did not. <laughs> so at this point, she moves to Waco. Yep. Yep. Waco, Texas. So this is going to be 1913. So now, now we're at the point where she meets her second oil man, Joe Appel. Yeah. And this guy was like... This guy was like the Guy Fieri of his time. He was like wearing like diamond rings on his hands and he was very showy. Diamond belt buckles. So, yeah, like he was basically saying like, I'm wealthy. Yeah. Um, come and get it. And you know that like Louise just, she clocked that right away probably. So Joe was found shot a week after they met. One week, bullet to the skull, and of course, and very importantly, diamonds gone. All the diamonds get. <laughs> now, where'd they go? <laughs> Louise was arrested, stood trial okay, for murder. Here's where it gets dicey. <laughs> but was like, yeah, I killed him, but he tried to rape me. And they were like, oh, okay, just, you're not guilty, you're free, free to go. Wait. But nobody ever asked about the fucking diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, of course, you know, 
Kai and I are good people. To be fair, though, if someone does try to rape you and they're wearing (laughs) diamonds, you should be allowed to take them. Jack that shit. You actually have a right to it at that point. And I fully stand behind uh, her if this happened. But given her M.O., I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this may have been bullshit. It may have been. Or he may have actually... He may have actually tried to rape her and she killed him and was like, uh... That didn't feel bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, silver lining. <laughs> I got these diamonds. So there's no there's yeah. no telling whether that part of the story is true or not. True, true. Now, the yeah. year after that, uh, or less than a year later, she moves from Waco to Dallas. This, I, I want to just point out that this is the point where she starts going by Louise and not Lofi. Right. That was very important part of my research uh-huh. <laughs> because I was wondering when, because she was getting the other guys before as Lofi. That's so crazy. So I just <laughs> find that remarkable. That she was just bagging all these rich dudes. They were like, yeah. you know, normally I go for Caroline's or Catherine's <laughs> right. or Emily's, but Lofi is something else. Little loaf of loafy on the side, <laughs> please. Fucking loafy. Slice it up. Um, yeah. So she like was loafy common a common woman's name. I just feel I, like if if some old dude in nineteen ten is like, ah, I met someone named Loafy, they're gonna be like, are you are you what a, are you a homosexual I could, Joe? I, could, I literally couldn't find it like anywhere, and I also found it loafy, leffy, and laffy. So this is probably some sort of family name or something. Like a that... nickname? It might like be, a, but a pet it's... name? I'm really not sure because it's officially on censuses, and that usually would be a full name. I, I'm not sure, but it's an unfortunate name, that's for sure. Well, Lofi didn't let that stop her. <laughs> she, was, she was really a bull. Um, so she moves to Texas. She meets this dude named Harry. Harry Farout? Is it Farout? Is it Farouti? I don't fucking know. I would know. say Farouti, yeah. What kind of name is that? I, Italian-ish? It sounds Italian to me. Like anglicized yeah. Italian, maybe? Harry Farouti. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, he was a hotel clerk. So he wasn't like a big rich person, but he did have... Access. The key. Yes, he had the key to the hotel safe. <laughs> One night... <sighs> Twenty thousand dollars in and jewels. There's a fucking yeah. jewel heist. Just disappears from the hotel safe. Of course, Harry is the first suspect because he is the person who's in who, who's in charge of making sure nothing happens to the shit in the right. safe. And she is she is cheating on him like ferociously at this point. Uh-huh. That's a part of their relationship is that she's cheating on him, and so the cops come down. And as I read, they kind of bought that she wasn't a part of it. But I did see a little snippet that said that the sheriff himself personally advised her to leave town. That's interesting. You think he got a cut of the, of the jewel heist? She- I think he was under the spell, Kai. I think he was charmed. He got a, he got a cut of, of, Louis, Louis. of, of Lofi's jewels. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I I think he was in it for that. Maybe thought next time, you know, she'd steal from him. <laughs> That's a lot. And also 1913 money. Oh god. $20,000? It's a lot of money. It's like millions yeah. probably. 
Louise was cleared of any wrongdoing. Harry was also but, cleared of any wrongdoing, but there's right. nothing about whether the the jewels were ever recovered. I don't think they were. <laughs> Harry <laughs> commits suicide. Oh, yeah. He hung himself. Now, he hung himself in the basement. Well, I read that he shot himself. So which was it? Uh, Did he do so both? Did he hang himself if, and then shoot himself? <laughs> Simul. Just doubling yeah, down. Possible, uh, yeah. I think, but I'm I'm mentioning this because I did read that, and I was thinking to myself a couple of things. One, the safe was probably in the basement, so it feels like a guy going down to where she actually ripped him off and hanging himself there kind of seems like something a really sad, um, obsessed guy might do. But also, like if he didn't shoot himself, then he definitely committed suicide, which would make it so that it would be po not possible for her to have actually killed him. Or um, she shot him and then made it look like oh he hanged himself. True. And autopsies probably wouldn't have been good enough to kind of see the order of things there mm -hmm. at the time. So I'll buy it. But yeah, let's just say... put the gun in his hand and like rubbed his fingerprints all over it. And was like, these possible. cops are dumb. They'll believe that he... He shot himself as he was hanging himself. Right. I mean, from my perspective, I think I just, I don't know why I keep believing that these are suicides, but I'm going to count this as suicide too. <laughs> I think it's very, uh -huh. very impressive where she gets with the, the, oh. this level of killing. So then a couple years later, 1915. She's already been married twice at this point. Yes. Yes. Now 1915. Yeah. She moves to Denver. Colorado. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> she meets Richard Pete, and he is another door-to-door -door salesman. She likes oil guys and door-to-door -door guys. You know why? Because they make a lot of money and they're never home. True. True. But they come home a lot. Like, they'll come home and she can set up, you know, ruining their life. <laughs> <laughs> they have, oh, this is the hor a horrible part. They have a daughter. This is her only kid. 1916, her name is, is it Betty? Well, her, her official name was Frances Ann, and I don't know how white people pick nicknames in these days, but somehow <laughs> that translated to Betty. Uh, it just pick them out of a hat. So. <laughs> there were only five that's, of them. That's how she got Lofi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she has the kid, and <clears throat> honestly... The kid, uh, I heard so many different things about where she is in this story. So I'm just going to mention them throughout where uh. the couple of places that I read that she was. Because I've read that she was with, with Richard sometimes and with Louise sometimes. And it really kind of paints the story of she was with Louise. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. This was in uh, 1920 that she, so that she left him. Yeah. That she left Richard. Well, depending on what source you're using, she left Ooh, she left out? her husband and her daughter behind sure. to move sure, sure. to LA. As you do. <laughs> yeah, you can't come here with kids. How are you gonna do pilot season? Yeah. Theoretically, I do think she I do think she left the daughter. She should have gotten into the business. Cause then <laughs> yeah. you could you could lie for you they pay you to lie. 
and you could still be a sociopath. Right. And the business was about 20 years old at this point. So there were plenty of plenty of opportunity, yeah. probably. Yeah, Hollywood was a, was a get startup. Get on the ground floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, she moves out to LA in 1920. And she... I There's a couple things I read that she was looking for an apartment or looking for a job. And she meets this guy, Jacob C. Denton, uh-huh. who's like super rich. Jacob Charles. Jacob Charles. Um, I don't know what his nickname was, but I did see somebody call him Jake. So I guess it's just Jake. Jake or Chuck. Um, I don't know. Jake Chuck Denton. JC. <laughs> yeah, JC Chasse, mining executive. So just a professional rich guy. Now he had this uh, mansion on Wilshire Boulevard at Catalina Street. And I looked it up now, and there are still houses there. But the address that used to yeah. be his house, 675 South Catalina, is, is now um, an office building. Uh, but in the early 1900s, where this office building stands used to be um, a, a big-ass Tudor revival mansion. Okay. So he like was renting that. it out. He was renting out rooms there um, while he went away on business. And he was renting out the rooms for $350 a month. That's a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's like, I mean, that's about equal to what it costs to rent a room now here. But that was in like the, in what's now Koreatown. So now it's probably, probably about the same, probably about $350 a month now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. Uh, just slightly, slightly more than that. Uh, he, for quote, unknown reasons, uh, let her live there for $75 a month. <sighs> Yeah, he, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he he let her do. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it says, <laughs> it said uh, that she, she was paying his bills for him. So like that she had access to his bank account and she was actually going to pay the bills physically. Uh-huh. And collecting rent. Yeah. So she, she was like and this was, housekeeper slash property manager slash girlfriend. I think they met too in so they met within the year of 1920. Uh-huh. So uh, it, their relationship from start to finish is no longer than like five months. Right. So just remember that because uh, they it says uh, she's doing this stuff with his bank, with his bills, with his money, and I also read they were like fucking like rabbits, uh-huh. obviously, right? Uh-huh. And then she proposed to him, and he said no. Did you read that? No, I she I did read that um she moved well she moved in on June June 2nd, 1920. So okay. when did they okay. when did they actually meet? What month? Well, that yeah, that's really weird cuz I had read his disappearance was in the spring. Well, yeah, he disappeared and... really real quickly after she moved okay. in. Okay. I'm guessing it was no longer than it says several weeks. Okay. Several weeks. So that could be like seven weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. We're just guessing here. But I had seen that she, try- she tried to propose to him, which makes so much sense. She's got to get another husband. And his, just... his wife had recently died, so it would make sense right. that he wouldn't want to get married again right away. And he has a kid. And there was a child. Yeah. She probably thought that she had an opportunity because he was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So what I saw was that after this failed proposal... She got mad. Aw. And that she told the caretaker 
to start putting dirt in the basement because she wanted to start growing mushrooms for her lover. Uh-huh. <laughs> mushrooms. Oh, uh, what a I didn't great... know mushrooms were aphrodisiac. <laughs> hmm. Possibly. Um, wow, so what kind I of read mushrooms? That... Was she trying to grow like psychedelic mushrooms or just like button <sighs> mushrooms, like shiitake mushrooms? Or I think she wasn't trying to do this at all. <laughs> I mean, as as far as uh, <laughs> as far as the lie that. The story that she made up in her life. Right. What kind of mushrooms exactly is what I want to know. But uh, yeah, so there were no fucking mushrooms. It could have been potatoes. It could have been anything, but she chose mushrooms. Now, I guess that makes sense because they wouldn't require any light, whereas potatoes require some sunlight. Yeah, they probably just start growing, Kai. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's true. It's true. I, <laughs> From nothing. I, I know. I know. I know how mushrooms grow. You know fungi. I, I have a compost bin. You're a fungi. Uh, yeah, they just grow where the fuck ever when it's, it's exactly. dark and moist. But, uh, yeah, she hires this gardener. Can you imagine being this? Yeah. So here's what I, I want to fill the basement with dirt. Not suspicious at all. Nope. Uh, but they did so, it. They did it. And then, uh, and I assume at this point he's about to go missing. June 2nd is when he disappeared. Okay. June 5th is when $300 is taken out of his bank account. Um, nice. And uh, <laughs> she also signs, uh, she forges a signature to get into his safe deposit box. I'm assuming between right. the 2nd and the 5th is when, uh, is, is when the gardener is hauling dirt into the basement. Uh, now, right. someone actually did their job because employees at the bank were like, this signature looks fucking weird. And they went like, I don't even know if it was exactly the people from the bank or if it was also the lawyer, but she had to serve up some like crazy excuses. And one of the ones that um, she came up with was that he had had his arm chopped off Uh and that he was embarrassed. And who did it? It's just so so fucking (laughs) racist. A mysterious... Spanish looking woman. Yeah. And they she didn't mean Spanish Spain. She she means it the way people who can't tell the difference between like Mexicans and, and Brazilians say Spanish. Yeah, this was this was like some of uh the the uh white Americans who made like really uh amazing amounts of racism in LA possible today. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> she's like, Yeah, this this crazy, crazy Spanish lady comes over and she she chopped off his arm and then uh he's been so embarrassed because he's he's, he can't figure out how to use his prosthetics he doesn't want anyone to see him without an arm so uh i have been helping him sign all of his checks with his left hand and that's why all of his signatures look crazy because you know he's he's not left-handed and they're like, okay, well, 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 can we can we see him? Uh, is he gonna is he gonna come, Is he gonna be out and about soon? She's like, well, about that. He she also chopped off one of his legs, so he's kind of just you know he's having a hard time moving around in general, and uh, he's just super super embarrassed by all this. So no one can see him. He only wants to talk to me. So I'm signing all the checks. I'm collecting rent. If you have anything to say to him. Just say it to me. I'll make sure he gets a message. Well, but, while he's learning how to ho- hobble. But now this summer, 
through this fall, she's having fucking banger parties at the mansion. Yeah. And and when people are like, so you said that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, he was kind of not feeling too hot, so he's been uh, secluded. Where how he's not at the house? Where he? Oh, he went on a business trip. Okay, which is it, lady? Is he yeah. scared to be around people? Is he ashamed of his appearance, or is he fucking jet setting on business trips all over the place? She really needed to just write down her lies. Yeah. She has a terrible memory. I think terrible. So she she drove his car. She started selling all oh, of yeah. the shit. Like, don't say that someone is still around if you're going to sell all their shit. She started Airbnb <laughs> in the place, basically. Yeah, lay low. <laughs> she rented out all the rooms. Yeah, and this is, what I, this is where I'm sure that her daughter was not with her. Because I cannot imagine, uh-huh. you know, if her daughter was with her, she was playing downstairs in the dirt, probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> So he also, he was like a a landlord, apparently, uh, of multiple properties. He had properties in Arizona as well. Somehow, I don't know, was she on the phone? Was she on the telegraph? I don't know how communication worked in in this time period. (laughs) But she was even getting people in Arizona to write their rent checks out to her. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had his arm chopped off. (laughs) Uh, you can't do business with like, one arm. She, were they mailing their checks to her? What was? I guess by a Pony Express. No, that's way too early. If someone, if someone called me and was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but I'm good friends with your <laughs> landlord. And he's had a little accident. So he told me to tell you to send your rent check to my address. Make sure you put it in my name, too. Don't put it in his name. Yeah, but Kai, remember how many people fell for that Edison scam this Christmas? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? No, that? what was that? They were telling uh, people to go to the 7-Eleven with prepaid Amazon gift cards and that Edison wasn't going to shut their uh, power <laughs> oh, off then. That's so and people sad. fucking fell. Yeah, but it wasn't just old people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people have been falling for this shit since I was a kid. People fall for scams, so it's it, with the combination of this lady and a scam. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how she was doing it, like through the phone, yeah. but maybe she had a real sexy phone voice too. Yeah, so <laughs> she's collecting, and she's essentially like just feeding off of this. Which I think if she had just, if she could have just laid low and figured out a way to. Fudge his paperwork so that she could permanently own one of his properties and then fucked off to that place. Yeah. That might have been a great thing. But again, like, this is not what this lady was about. Instead, she was on Wilshire Boulevard acting like fucking Gatsby. No, you don't want to give up a place on Wilshire. <laughs> <laughs> so she was telling people they were married. She was telling people that she was his wife, um, which yeah. is interesting because, I mean, you would think, like, a rich guy, his friends would be like, I think if he got married, he would have told his friends or at least his associates right like, right but maybe he was embarrassed <laughs> because he was married with one uh, <laughs> she's like yeah it was a, it was a private ceremony in the basement right exactly. so his kid eventually uh hires this how old was this kid i can't find this information all i all i mm. could find was that she was a teenager which i don't know which means that she was at most 19 years old 
She was like a Penny in Inspector Gadget or something, maybe like really, really independent and just wanted to figure it out herself, you know? This kid hired a lawyer to be, <laughs> it's so sad. Well, can you help me find my it. dad? She's a rich kid. Help me find, I have this. You know, we need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> the lawyer questions Louise. Louise is like, I don't know where, where the fuck this guy is, but I will send you any information that I get as soon as I get it. And then she immediately uh, finishes renting out all the rooms and then leaves. Runs back to Denver to be with her the husband and, and kid who she was a deadbeat mom to this entire time. Yep. And, I, and, and this man, Richard, still in love with her. Crazy. For no good reason. I mean, I guess one good reason. The one good reason. I I remember <laughs> just such a... Just a, a beacon of feminism, this Louise. <laughs> the WAP was back. <laughs> he knew it. She leaves, and this is when his kid is like, okay, now I can have people come over and actually look for my dad's body, because I'm sure it's here somewhere. Yeah, she vacated the property and allowed this. This is for her a big mistake on her part. So, you know, just the kid just walks into her deceased, likely deceased father's place yeah don't, don't even know if he's dead so they're just walking in she she had the cops come this is september september 23rd so uh, about a month a month after a month after she left they dug for about an hour <laughs> that was the craziest detail yeah. that they dug for an hour because did louise bury him then did she spend an hour or did she actually just put a layer of dirt over it, then call the caretaker and said, you do the rest. Yeah, I think she probably just put a blanket over him and then was like, yeah. that's where all the dirt goes. Don't worry about that. That's just mushrooms. That's where all, that's, those are the mushrooms that are going to grow the rest of the mushrooms and they have to stay under that blanket. Just put as much dirt as you can get on top of it. I, that, I, I'm 1,000% buying that <laughs> so, assessment. So they dig him up. They do an autopsy. They find out that he was shot in the head and strangled. Classic Louise. And strangled. <laughs> and strangled. Yeah. Wrapped in a she... quilt. I, I'm sorry, though. Strangulation takes so long. Yeah, that's why she shot him. So she definitely, did she just shoot him first and then? <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, he was what? He was, he was in like his 60s, probably. Yeah, maybe so, it was a little easier, but so she, she this was probably was like capable of she probably lot. thought it would be easier to kill him because he was you know he was True. an older grieving dude with, uh, but at this point, see where I'm still imagining him as as actually uh, being um, a double amputee, but he's not. <laughs> no, this is a man <laughs> right. who when they found him, he still had both of his arms, both of his legs, so he was probably more difficult to kill than she thought he would be. See, so she shot him as well. You fell for Louise's. I lie. did in the moment. I was, <laughs> I was just uh, thinking about her sexy phone voice. She's that charming. She's <laughs> dead now, and she's that charming. <laughs> so they found her. They found her. They went to Denver. Which what did they do? Extradite? I don't know. They brought her back. Yeah, they brought her back for a trial that saw a thousand people flocking to it. This is like in a time period in the twenties. That's. Like Chicago, you know. Mm -hmm. So the this is like the uh, whatever you call it. Is it femme fatale? Like basically murderous ladies. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 
And it was, it was so very that's sensational. hot. Yeah, the, the details were sensational as well because she was well known as a, a promiscuous lady. Right. And then I definitely saw in some of the pictures, like they definitely made her look hotter. Uh-huh. They tried. <laughs> they put her in a lot of black. <laughs> yeah, they got a, I don't know what money they were, I guess they were making money from papers. Uh-huh. So yeah, she stands trial for this in January 1921, and she gets life imprisonment. Well, they also, they asked her, they were like, hey, so the guy that we dug up had both of his arms and both of his legs. How do you explain that? And she was like, that wasn't him. <laughs> that was not him. That was, that was actually, um, he, Jacob, actually killed somebody and then put him in the dirt and fled. So that right. body is a, and I'm like, okay, you mean the same uh, Jacob whose, whose arm and leg were chopped off by this mysterious, uh, quote, Spanish lady, uh, th- this Jacob killed a man, a man with two arms and two legs was able to strangle <laughs> him and shoot him and bury him and then get away. This, this yes. man who couldn't figure out how to use his prosthetics, same guy. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, Lofi. She- all right, Lofi. <laughs> Another Lofi lie. <laughs> so obviously she was, she was uh, found guilty immediately because she couldn't keep a single fucking lie straight. First degree murder. No. Uh, she would have gotten the death penalty, but it was an all-male jury, and uh, mm-hmm. they didn't want to kill a lady. Nope. So they gave her life. Nope. They like what they saw. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was probably doing that basic instinct move on the, on the stand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, I'm sure that she saw all those men and was like, one of you will die by me someday. <laughs> I know this to be true. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's sent to San Quentin, which I don't think is any party. Right. And while she's there, Richard is like writing to her. Oh, he's so ride or die. Fucking Richard. Loves her. Why? Be- we know why, but <laughs> eventually she's like, Richard, this needs to stop. You need to get over me. Live your life. I think she did this on purpose because I think she's I don't see any reason for her to actually even be responding to him. She didn't give a fuck about him. Aww. I only see the reason for her responding to stop responding at some point. <laughs> she's huh? a bitch. I mean, you don't think she cared about her kid, though? I don't think this is about the kid at all. I don't think she cared about the kid. Mm. I, I mean, I can't really say that not having... I couldn't find anything about what happened to the kid, so I'm like... Well, I don't think Richard cared yeah, about the kid. Good. I mean, you know, not, not mm. to disparage parents who commit suicide, but come on. Sure, sure, Mom man. is in prison. You're going to drive <laughs> to Arizona, leave your kid in fucking Colorado or Denver, wherever the fuck you are. He drove to Arizona. Step up. He, bought a, he bought a rifle, and then he, he shot himself in a hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. So that's suicide yeah. number three. That's number three, ding, ding, ding. And that is like, to me, um, one of her most remarkable because she's not even with him. Yeah. Like she's not. She, it said something about like, because this warden, she knew this warden very well. Mm-hmm. And there was some like quotage about how she was bragging about Richard's death and how her charm was like, couldn't be held by prison walls. <laughs> Yuck. Oh, <laughs> such a bitch. Uh. So that's bad. <laughs> she, gets, she gets moved. This is like 1924, and she gets moved from San Quentin to Tehachapi, yep. uh, which is in California. Mm-hmm. 
And on her 10th attempt, she gets parole. 18 years. She spent 18 years in prison, and that should change somebody in some way, but I'm not sure that's what happened here. Uh, There's some really interesting stuff about this because her parole officer was this lady, Emily Latham. She was paroled partially due to these uh, people, Margaret Logan and Arthur Logan, advocating for her, and then Latham also advocated for her. Also a a woman named Jessie Marcy. Oh yeah, Jessie Marcy too was her co-worker, I think, or her boss. Jessie Marcy was a, a woman who, she had a lot of people who believed her story somehow, believed that she was innocent. And uh, so she had like a whole team of people who were on her side wanting her to get out. And one of those women, Jessie Marcy, was mm-hmm. the, the first job that she got out of prison. The condition of parole is that you, you have to have a job in order to be released. Was this the job at the service canteen? She was a a living housekeeper. Marcy, uh, shortly after Louise started working for her, died of natural causes, they say, which I don't believe that was natural causes. I'm just saying, I feel like in the (laughs) early 1900s, anytime someone died of natural causes, um, that meant what? They had a heart attack or like a stroke or something. Uh, Natural causes... Poison, same thing, same symptoms. And if no one is looking for poison, they're not going to find it. And she has a way of people just fucking dying around her. I didn't believe for a second that this old lady died of of natural causes at all. And I think that um, this this like little spree that she's about to go on right after getting out is a spree. Mm-hmm. It's like full spree, you know. She wants multiple people, and she and these are uh, kind of a new thing. Is like the women. Yeah. Okay. Here's another. I don't think after you, if you, if you went to prison for murder, and you get out, and you were supposed to be in for life but you got parole, I don't think after you get out, you should be allowed to legally change your name. No, I mean, this is a thing that comes up a lot. So this is the time she was going by Anna Lee, who mm-hmm. was a Hollywood actress that she really liked. Um, she wasn't exactly a star, but this lady, she liked Anna Lee, okay. um, which is... So you especially yeah, should they... not be allowed to change your name to a name that is in IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this... What she told authorities was that this lady fell and died. Uh I mean, fell and died. So just if they had known her name, they at least would have had to look into if the lady was pushed. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. (laughs) Or do an autopsy or something. There's no autopsy was done. You know, they were like, ah, there's there's no strangulation marks or bullet holes. So let's just just say it was natural causes. Exactly. Natural around Louise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was uh that was Jesse Marcy. Uh that was okay. nineteen um forty two. Yeah. Nineteen forty-three, she moves in with her probation officer. Okay, so this this is what I wanted to say about also this. Also seems a little gay to so, me. Uh yeah. Well, first of all, yes. Definitely there's so many women here that I'm just like, I'm sure that one of these people is <laughs> You know, having a secret kept yeah. by Louise. Yeah. But this lady was in particular, because um, when, when Louise had gotten out of prison, when she was paroled, she literally said to the papers, now I owe the world nothing. And I found that particularly interesting because what Emily Latham had said, her, her parole officer, 
was you just don't think that prison can reform something, someone. Mm-hmm. So that's just really interesting to me that like whatever she pulled over on that lady, like it she wasn't she wasn't even being she was being public about not even agreeing with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So she didn't even care to kind of be like, whatever, this is me in public. As long as she sort of in private probably had these uh, conversations with these people where they were just sort of like locked in with her charm. She she felt like she had more than than paid because she had convinced herself that she hadn't committed a crime. I think this lady is going to be convinced by the time she she dies, unfortunately, because things end up playing out a little bit similarly to how we've seen. And this, by the way, just so that everybody can uh, imagine it, this is happening in Pack Palisades, Uh which is a very wealthy neighborhood next to Malibu. So 1943, uh, Emily Latham, the parole officer, uh, dies of a quote-unquote heart attack. Not suspicious at all. This At this point, she's paroled to the Logans, who are those people that adv- who are another pair of yeah. people that were advocating Just for her. Just two random rich people who are like, uh, we, we, we think she's a, Louise is a nice lady. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're big fans. Margaret was, uh, used to be a social worker, so uh, she probably had a soft spot for people who she believed were wronged by the system. And this was going on, she was functioning um with them and in 1944 she married an elderly bank manager lee judson lee didn't know that she'd ever been in prison he didn't know about any of the murders any of the alleged murders he didn't know about any of that i don't know what story she told him about where she came from but he he's not aware he was elderly so i don't know how elderly that means if he was still a bank manager but Mm. i'm guessing he was like at least in his 60s he was in his late 60s i think he was like 67 when when, when they met yeah he likes her um he's totally trusting and has no idea about who she is or whatever and i'm not even sure if she's i'm assuming that she's louise again Uh, at this point i believe so I believe so. And they lived, they lived together. Well, she, it seems like she lived part-time with, uh, at the Logan's residence. Yeah. Yeah. And then part-time with her husband. Yes. I saw that too. Uh, May 30th of this year, 1944, when she's, the year she marries Lee, Mm -hmm. Margaret vanishes. Right. Just straight up goes missing. Now, Arthur. Leading up to this. She had uh, been kind of um, building a little backstory for herself. She, oh, she had been she had been telling Lee Arthur was uh, unpredictable and unstable and violent, and that right, uh, he right. would on occasion would attack her. He would attack Margaret, and this was all just setting up what she would do to Arthur. So Margaret disappears. Right after Margaret disappears, Louise drives Arthur down to the sanitarium and has him committed. Now, he had been suffering from dementia uh, and sure. obviously like needed someone to take care of him, but he didn't, he didn't need to be like committed to a facility. He probably could have had someone take care of him at home. She pretends to be his sister, says that she's his foster sister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that he is dangerous to himself and to other people and has him committed. And uh, 
as far as she's concerned, that's that. Now she has a nice house to live in. But partially this could have been also like he could have been aggravated because he had been asking her where Margaret was. Mm -hmm. And she, like she kept saying, Margaret is in the hospital and you can't see her. Mm -hmm. um, maybe she had her arm chopped off and she was embarrassed. But Well, the, the um, neighbors started asking Louise where, what happened to Margaret. And she tells them, she says, oh, uh, Arthur attacked her and bit her nose off. Yes. And now uh, she's very, she's, she's embarrassed to come outside. Just, she has the same story every time. She's embarrassed to come outside. Uh, she's she's going to be going away to get plastic surgery. Uh, if you have anything to tell her, you can just tell me. <laughs> tell just tell me. me. If you have any checks yeah, to she... write to her, you can just, just write them to me. I'll sign them over to her. Six months. I think that yeah, six months is yeah, six months is is about the amount of time period that she can keep anything up <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, now she she's living there, and I guess she's still going still going back and forth between the two residences. I don't know what she's telling her husband at this point. He thought somebody was still there. Yeah, like that the, one of the Lugans was still there. She was forging their checks. Yeah, she's spending their money, and and six months on, he died. Right. Arthur died in this insane asylum. I don't count that as one of the suicides, uh -huh. um, but I feel like he lost his will to live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. He doesn't know why the fuck he's in there, where his wife is. Like, he probably has no contact with anybody because I'm sure she didn't tell people that's where he was, you know? Oh, no. His, his no. family probably had no idea what happened to him or thought he was still living at home. Fine. Plus, I read that she donated his body for medical <laughs> yeah, dissection. so fucked up. Holy shit. Oh, Ugh, ugly. But eventually I saw that when they're both out, Judson and Louise moved into the home, and that's when Judson started having suspicions. Uh -huh. And he found, it said he found a bullet hole and a mound in the garden and an insurance policy that named Louise as a beneficiary ah, for Margaret. Yeah, But... During this time, he kept quiet, which I have to say, it was probably the right move for him at the time. Oh, yeah, he was probably terrified because he realized he married a psychopath. Uh <laughs> now, Louise, just to remind, Louise is 64 uh -huh. about at this time. So she is like, she's a woman with energy. So at some point, her forgeries catch up to her. Cops are, are called to search the house because uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on with all these checks that she's been writing in the Logan's name. While yeah, they are is... there in the backyard, they notice a fresh mound by the avocado tree mm -hmm, and are like, mm -hmm. what, what's going on with that? And she's like, okay, so Margaret died, but I didn't kill her. I just buried her. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur killed her. Yeah. She says yeah. that Arthur killed her. Killed Margaret, and uh, they can't question Arthur about this because he just so happens to be dead by now. Right, and and she was, of course, just like any convicted felon, was worried that she would be blamed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I know that like people just happen to die in similar circumstances around me, so obviously exactly. you're going to blame me for this because something just like this happened at least twice before. Obviously, you're going to think it's me. She had no choice. I, when you look at it from her perspective, what else could she have done? So she says that uh, 
that fucking Arthur. Arthur, who yeah. has dementia and is at least in his 70s, had the the strength to beat his wife to death and then shoot her. Yep. Now, at this point, they're searching the house. They find um, a bullet hole in the wall. And... Oh, Judson's pointing it out at this point. <laughs> Judson did turn on her. Judson's my favorite. I feel like he was doing it like like secretly, like he was just kind of like jerking his head, like <laughs> he was covering what, his finger with one, his other hand and pointing <laughs> at the bullet hole. And they also inside one of uh, Louise's uh, dresser drawers find a handgun that has blood on it she was wasn't even smart enough to wash the blood off the gun dried blood on it and the handgun is engraved with initials whose initials (laughs) the parole officer who she first moved in with who died Uh, yeah i think that gun was a lady lover gift yeah yeah i don't think she stole it i think it was a gift oh my god I didn't even think of that, but you're right. I don't, and I think this was probably Louise. I don't even think Louise gave a shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she ever thought she could get caught, no matter what signs were there, because of how many times she had been able to manipulate police and, and the legal right. system itself. Yeah, probably. Also, like this was sort of her occupation. Murder. <laughs> You know, so she it was like, I have to get back to work. Just being bad at murder? Yeah. I, well, she's not, you don't have to be good at your job. Uh, now, I, I read that the, one of the cops who was at the scene had also investigated a prior case of hers. Mm-hmm. And he, they kind of had like a friendly relationship. This, maybe this was the same guy who didn't take her in when she For stole sure. jewels. Yeah. Maybe uh, they had a flirtation. He, he was like, hey, what, what happened? What happened? Did you snap again? <laughs> and she said, my friends told me I might snap again. <laughs> <laughs> but still maintained that she hadn't killed her. Now, when they dug up Margaret's body, they were like, you see this, Louise? Look at this. Look what you did. <laughs> and uh, she covered her face with her handbag. What? She's very coy. She was like, I don't want to look over there. Oh, you know what? That makes sense, Kai, because the Virgos are shy. <laughs> Classic. Now we see Classic you. Now we Virgo. see you, Lofi. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a wolf. You're just shy. So she gets arrested, charged with murder again. Sure. Uh, Convicted by a jury of 11 women on mm-hmm. it. So that was probably a really good thing. I wonder how many jurors they interviewed <laughs> and how many men they had to drop from the jury right. because they were like, oh, what's it? I've heard about that broad. Yeah. She's, she's not a looker, but something about her. Right. <laughs> Do you want to marry and die for this lady? <laughs> yes or no? Quick. <laughs> Rapid fire questions. Go. Uh, it's, so, it's so odd that it was a, a, isn't a jury usually about half and half? Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. It's all up to the lawyers yeah. they choose. So there was one man, and he was probably gay as a picnic <laughs> basket. <laughs> was also charged, but the charges mm-hmm. were dropped because there was no evidence that he 
had actually participated in the murders. However, uh, however, he's he goes to this. There's two versions of how this happened. Okay, but the day after his murder charges were dropped, he went to uh, this building still standing. Um, by the way, uh, downtown LA, Great. called the Spring Arcade Building. If you look it up, go see it, guys. It's a beautiful building. Uh, <laughs> but now there's a like Guisados Tacos in there. There's like a little coffee shop in there, but it's still like original architecture and everything. Um, there's some real nice buildings Sweet. downtown. Uh, he went to the ninth floor. Now, one source says that he jumped from the ninth floor. Another source says that he threw himself down this stairwell. Now, Ooh. those are two very different methods of suicide. Sure. One is very clunky, just an almost slapstick. Uh, yeah, anybody seen the staircase too? It's not <laughs> not easy to <laughs> convince me that somebody died. Can that you way. imagine falling, throwing yourself down nine flights of stairs? <laughs> You're like, I didn't get it this time, <laughs> but I'm gonna fling myself down this second. And then, like downtown, the stairwell is like uh, for those high rises. They've got they've got lots of corners. You know what I mean? It's not just like a straight straight down. And you're it may gonna fall and like hit a corner, and then you gotta like kind of right. push yourself. To, to keep going, kind of kick, yourself, kick yourself off the wall, you know what I mean? I think it takes a lot to commit suicide, and I think this guy got a running jump. <laughs> I, would, I would hope that he jumped off the ninth floor as opposed to throwing himself down so many fucking stairs. <laughs> Just blunt force trauma by your own damn self. Yeah. Not fun. But that building is still there now. I kind of wonder if it's haunted. I feel like every I feel like every building downtown is haunted. All those old ass. I mean, half my apartments in LA have been haunted. <laughs> yeah, that's why I won't live in an old building. You love doing it? No, I won't. I was I'm oh, like no, um, yeah. I right now my building is kind of old, but it's it was made like mm-hmm. it was built in like the 60s. But uh I I have two cats and they haven't been weird here, so I'm assuming it's not haunted. But uh, right. that's the test. That's the test. Is like when Stare you go at that corner, why are you staring? Yeah, you go see an apartment. Take a cat with you. <laughs> right. Exactly. They won't be acting weird for any other reason <laughs> from the travel or anything. Yeah, the landlord's like, "Hey, there's no no pets allowed." I'm like, "Don't worry. It's it's not living here. This is just <laughs> it's just my litmus yeah. test. <laughs> just my ghost detection cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not even my cat. It's a stray, Koreatown <laughs> stray." <laughs> Uh, so, so that's suicide number four. That's four, and I think that's last. Okay. Unless people are still committing suicide over this woman today, which I do believe is possible. I mean, I feel like I have to write write the movie now, where this this ghost lady is uh, gets men to kill themselves. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds hilarious, and I <laughs> I think it has to be a comedy. It's like, it's right? like Oculus, except instead of a mirror, it's there. it's ghost hosts. <laughs> Ghost Ho is the name. <laughs> Package it up, make the pitch deck, send it to me next week, Kai. Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is this is like nineteen, uh, I think nineteen forty six or forty seven when she's sentenced in this trial. Uh-huh. I read that she was reading a book of Chinese proverbs uh-huh. and looked up and smiled serenely. As she was being sentenced, which I thought was so Louise. And then she is taken to the gas chamber. And there's a lot of stories, a lot of like newspaper articles that said that she had moments with the guards, moments with the warden, all moments with this random 
lady that was like her teacher in her cell. Well, the the press pool loved her because they thought she yeah. was hilarious. She would give really amazing interviews, apparently, and was like super, super funny. Oh, sound bites for days. Like they said that whenever she, whenever she was given, um, I guess, technically there are press conferences, but not really. Uh, sure. The entire press room would just be. She she would kill. She should have done comedy. Yes. Because so then she could kill without going to, without going to jail. Yeah, because charm is good in comedy too. Yeah, lying, wow. being charming. <laughs> right. She, she could make opportunity. Yeah, she could have made anything up, you know. And on we could have been talking. <laughs> we could have been talking about the most famous, like old movie, Lofi Pete. You know, star whatever. Yeah, <laughs> could have could have been a could have would have should. She could have been Lenny Bruce, um, but she didn't. Yes. Just a few life choices away. Um. <laughs> so she was, uh, she was in jail for uh, a couple, couple years, years before she was executed. Yeah. So she's like 66, short of her 67th birthday, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. She's uh, uh, put to death in the San Quentin gas chamber, and she takes their advice, which I didn't think she would because she doesn't really listen to anybody, but she takes that big breath and dies. Um, good for her. So she was like really super peaceful and calm. And she told the newspapers that it was, uh, just an eventuality for all of us death. So like, don't even like let this fucking bother you. She did not have, that's a, probably how she, she did not have hmm? a last meal. She, no, she, she had a cup of coffee, Jesus. which I don't understand how people have a, that big old last meal. Like I can. How could you eat? I can, I can barely eat the morning I have a doctor's appointment. You know, like. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, but, th but you're talking about it like somebody who wouldn't murder someone. Yeah, true. Like, so imagine, <laughs> like, her, after her murders, she probably ate well. She probably went downstairs and, like, cooked some bomb-ass food that the Logans had. <laughs> so I believe that Louise... Probably. You, you think after she buried uh, buried Margaret under the avocado tree, she picked some avocados and she, she made some guacamole? Yes. Yes, I do. She just sat by the radio and, <laughs> and ate some chips and guac. I fully believe this, this lady could stomach just about anything. <laughs> and I'm, I'm still struggling with the purpose of why, but I know that she could. I think, I think she just kind of like loved the idea that she would end these people's lives and that for some reason all of these people have the commonality of at one point trusting her or having fucked her. Mm -hmm. So she, uh, she was a second woman to be executed. Yeah, one of only four in California's history. So she's... She's definitely one of the real baddies, and I normally, you know, I'm really against the death penalty. Oh. Like, I just don't think, I kind of just don't think you ha ever have the right. Uh, but this lady definitely would have caused death from inside jail, and I do think that this is the exception. I don't think that this person was safe to keep alive. Mm. Now I'm wondering how she... many people accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally died when she was. Um... 
incarcerated waiting to be executed. That they accidentally died from what? From whatever. From her charm? Well, one of her cellmates almost OD'd on pills. Oh, shit. And plus, she was, like, in the newspapers, so you gotta think that, like, there were a bunch of guys that were getting obsessed the way that people do with people in jail yeah, and then yeah, just, like, yeah, marry yeah. them. Yeah, she probably had a bunch of pen pals. Oh, shit. Gr- yeah. Groupies. She was not safe to be kept alive, but, um... <laughs> but they, they, uh... They waited for her to have uh, a whole other killing spree. Like the first time. Yeah. It should have been life. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Well, the first, <laughs> the the first time broken, she got guys. away. The, the, well, the first time she got away was because uh, someone was like, I don't want to be embarrassed. And then the second time she got away, right. uh, pretty much the same story. The cop, cop let her go. Yeah. Third time, <laughs> she, did the, she did the 18 years, right? Right. Uh, fourth time, she got away with murder somewhere in between there without going to jail, and then the fifth time was was yeah. the permanent time. So she had she had a lot of chances to get her shit together. Just chose not to. Yeah. She was an independent woman. Stories and like that's this. That's the point of today's story. <laughs> I think the point of today's story is is don't marry a white woman. <laughs> so terrified to marry. White women are the only women who, who will murder their husbands for money. <laughs> That's fully true. I, yeah, everyone else is not just right. like, yeah, he, he abused me, so I killed him. I'm like, okay, that's understandable. You know? You don't have to be afraid yeah. that's going to happen to me. But it's like, oh, I got to worry about if, if I ever attain success at some point. Right, someone's, right. Watch someone's going to marry me and take it and kill me. Ooh. Yeah, white white women are not ride or die. They're just like <laughs> ride away with your shit. It's like you realize you could just stay with that rich person for forever and enjoy oh, their yeah. money while they are alive, and then also enjoy their money while they're dead. Like you don't have to kill them. That's actually my dream. Yeah. So I don't understand to actually yeah, enjoy someone's company it. and their money at the same time. Yes, but this is the thing, Kai, is that remember how she was born. (laughs) She literally probably would have been queued up by her family to marry such a man, and it would have been fine. And he would have been really happy with her, too, probably, if she had just not had her charms be, like, murderous. Yeah. Ah, fucking Louise. Oh, well. Fucking (laughs) Lofi. I'm going to go and say that this all started with her being named Lofi and that, you know, in a very general way, there was something wrong only, with this. Only woman. child, right? <laughs> yeah, she was, yeah, a single loaf, I believe. Yeah. Only child syndrome. You can't trust them. No, have multiple children. Have multiple children <laughs> unless you want your kid, your kid to be a psychopath. Exactly. It's not good to be alone that much. Yeah. You'll be doing sexual exploits to get you kicked out of your prep school by the age of 15. No offense to any only children listening. Uh, yeah, you're normal, or you can be. Yeah, you just got to work harder at it. <laughs> yeah, go to therapy and <laughs> mention that <laughs> you have issues that don't, you don't even know about. So that was the story of Louise, Lofi, Lofi Louise Pete. She's had a couple pop culture Oh yeah, a couple movies. I didn't. I hadn't seen any of the movies or anything, but I don't think they're big. But yeah, not as many as you would think. No, I'm sure they made her look really cool, though. <laughs> Some. I feel like 
I'm actually surprised that this movie hasn't been made already, like as a big movie. Because we haven't made it yet, Kai. Let's make the movie from the point of view of the teens in it. Yes, of of Denton's daughter and Betty. Yeah. Have yeah. Sofia Coppola directed. She loves to make movies that only white women are in. Oh, she. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Sofia Coppola came up. <laughs> it just seems like podcast. seems like her style. You know, she's she like so this a- angsty white, white teens. And she only knew. Uh, Angsty white teens, a period type piece. Yes. You know? Yes. Set in LA. Yeah. Right. And permeated with sadness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, what do you have coming up that you might want people to know about? Well, I mean, what I have coming up is like what I got going on, basically. Uh, my show, Bombshell, which you can follow at Bombshell the Series. Uh, it's in distribution now. The links are in the bio um, there. And also, we had our Blu-ray go on pre-order um, today. So you'll be able to find a link for that. Um, the 90s child in me is like, I'm on DVD. Okay. Well, what's the show about? Uh, very quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's um, Well, it's about a gay trans guy who is basically trying to date in L.A. And it's a hard R comedy. There's a little superhero penis mascot. Um, that kind of talks a little bit about ghost penis and stuff. So, you know, especially if you're like a cis person that wants to kind of learn about trans stuff, but wants to laugh your ass off, it's really the perfect remedy for this uh, type of situation. So we really, uh, we really want to um, remind people that if you want to see more trans masculine stories, support smaller projects like this, because if you do, it really makes it a lot easier for us to pitch bigger shows to big networks, which we're doing now. Okay, nice. And uh, where can people uh, find you on if they want to add you on social and whatnot? You can follow uh, me personally at Heath and Henshaw, um, and then at Bombshell the Series for the show. Okay, nice. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and talking to me about this. This was fun. Thank you so much, Kai. That was episode 66. I hope you liked it. If you didn't, you still listen to the whole thing, so good for you. Hey, uh, if you want to send me an email, don't forget you can send that over to wwkpodcast at gmail.com. If you have suggestions of people you want to hear on the show, suggestions of people you want to hear us talk about, or if we talked about you on the show and uh, you think we're missing some important details, send me an email. Send that contraband email over. I'll check it out. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.